The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. If you're a mother, you know it's not just one job. It's many. You become a coach, a time manager, a relationship counselor, and so much more. Darlene Brock embraced her gifts of grit and grace to master the challenges in her life, including parenthood. She now shares her hard-won lessons in a new book, Raising Great Girls, and reminds other parents that perfection is not required. Darlene, your book, Raising Great Girls, is the book for all of the imperfect moms with imperfect daughters, or at least that's what it says on the book. That sounds like kindness in itself, right? Well, yeah, it is, because I'm an imperfect mom with imperfect daughters, and I think that's a bar that is okay to meet. Mm -hmm. Are we moms too hard on ourselves? Oh, that is an understatement. And Nicole, I've realized that we are, my generation was, you're probably not my generation, but my generation was, but this younger generation has way too much information on everything they should do right. So they are amazingly hard on themselves. Hmm. I could see that because you know what? I had to actually pick up a whole book and read a whole book when I had babies. And now you can just Google it. What am I supposed to be doing and how am I doing this wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. And whether it's food or toys or discipline or school or you name it, there's about a million opinions out there. So raising great girls, what what exactly is um, how do we get into raising great girls? What's the meat of that book? I based it really on my uh, my life, bringing up my daughters. I did it when uh I was working full-time at the very least. We were building companies. I was juggling. Nobody had a great how-to. And because everything in my life was job-oriented, I decided to kind of break down what you do as a mom in jobs into different positions that you do at different times throughout your daughter's life. So coach, creative counselor, time manager, media director, academic advocate, professor of gender studies. I really liked that one. And uh, relationship counselor, sex ed teacher. We're just getting into that in our house. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what is uh, so? These are all roles that you have laid out. Um, what what's your favorite role in all of this? And is there one that's more important than others for us? Mm, my favorite role. I think for me, my favorite role was creative counselor because I loved watching and building the uniqueness of my girls. Um, I couldn't have had two more different daughters with two uh, different worlds they wanted to live in. And, you know, finding and discovering what they were made of and what their interests were and where they should go in life was kind of fun for me. Mm -hmm. How does kindness play into all of that? Oh, kindness to me is both for you and your daughter, okay, mm -hmm. where I, I think part of it is giving yourself, being kind to yourself as a mother, saying you're not going to be a perfect mother, but you're going to give it everything you got, and that's good. And then your daughter, you got to kind of give her a pass sometimes. 
you've got to let her, you know, do some silly things and say some not great things. And sometimes you call her on it. And then sometimes you just answer her with the sweetest words in the world and hope that it just moves on. How do you know what's the right balance of that? Is it an 80-20 or a 50-50? Do you have a a formula for that? (laughs) Yeah, I think it might change, you know, just like marriage where sometimes you give more, they give more. But um, I would say most of the time you need to control, especially when it comes to words and things like that, you need to make sure that everyone is speaking kindly in the home front. But then, you know, 30%, let it pass, 35%, let it pass, because we all say things we shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm guilty of it all the time. And then my husband looks at me and says, you're the kindness lady. <laughs> and I well, say, no, I've got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't write that book, because that's a high bar. But <laughs> So, okay, so we're talking about being kind to our kids and, and allowing our kids to be who they need to be and uh, to feel out that world. How do we instill the values of kindness into our kids? Mm, I think like everything else we do, it is by example. We can say things all day long. We can tell them how to speak. We can tell them how to act. We can tell them how to treat other people. But in reality, what do we do? Do we say the kind things? Do we treat people well? Do we uh, insert ourselves nicely into the scenario around us, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at the home front, whether it's in the family? I think the best way to teach them is to be it, do it. So it's caught more than taught. Absolutely. Yep. Do you have any favorite kindness stories that you remember from, you know, just just pinpoint moments of your daughter's lives where you thought, oh, yeah, they're getting it, or things you've done to make sure they do get it intentionally? Yeah, you know, maybe this is not where you're going, but there's something that I thought about when I I was listening to some of your podcasts. There was something I thought about, and that was how kindness was shown to me. And there was a time when my elder daughter Uh, was two years old, and she had gotten very, very ill, uh, couldn't walk, had a fever, ended up in the hospital, two weeks of the most horrible time in my life. And they had tests run on her. Well, the nuclear medicine man was very sweet and told us everything. But you know what he did? He brought coffee to the room, to the hospital room, and sat down and chatted about the weather. And, you know, I had a dear friend who called me at midnight when it was the night I wasn't at the hospital and told me jokes all night, you know, and I think about the simple things that were done for me in one of the darkest times of my life and think those were unbelievably kind and thoughtful acts. I, uh, I, I try to encourage myself in my own life and others to lean into people when they see people who are in pain, because I think sometimes we don't want to step into someone else's pain because we're afraid that we're going to hurt them even more than they're already hurting. Um, have you had that experience as a mom where you need to lean in to your girls the way that people have leaned into you? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm at the place in life where I can talk about this subject in hindsight because my daughters are grown. Um, but even now I'm finding that you know, they they will want my partnership. I They will want me in their life to say the things that they need to hear to encourage them in the way that they need to be encouraged as adult women in the world that they're living in. So, you know, that for me is where I am now, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of adult women, 
um, how can we as moms be kinder to each other or just as women um, be kinder to each other? Oh, boy, that's a subject that actually my my team at the Grit and Grace Project, we're talking about that a little bit today. And, you know, it's like we just need to give each other a pass. We aren't supposed to be identical. We don't need to have the same thought process or philosophies in what we do. But we need to go, you know what, girl, you're doing good. You're doing great. You, you may not be doing exactly like I am, but I'm proud of you for giving it a go. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me personally, that is especially important when I don't believe it. When I when I bump into somebody who I just think, oh, like, why do you why, why do you have to be this way to me? You know, and it's a, another woman and I have to consciously say to myself, you know what, you're doing a good job being you, lady. You know, as I, I say that in my mind to the other woman and it helps you to start to believe it. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think part of that is being kind to ourselves that we go, we pat ourselves on the back occasionally where you go, you know what, my girl and I, my daughter and I had a great day today. We communicated. We ended the day happy. I did all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us about your um, third baby. I guess you've got two grown babies, your third baby, the Grit and Grace Project. You just mentioned that. What is that? A few years ago, uh, I I had this passion to join a com- to assemble a community of women. Um, the byline on it is for strong women and those who want to be, mm-hmm. because we usually land in one or other of those categories, and it could be on different days. And we've assembled a group of writers who write to every part of our life. Again, we do it. We we strive to do it non judgmentally, very personal, in a way that we go. Across the table from another woman, we want you to think it's okay. You may be dealing with autistic children. You may be dealing with heartache, divorce. You may be dealing with a great day, or you just want a few beauty tips. I wanted a place where women could go to hear from other women. I love it. So practically, what does that look like? Is that um, a blog? Uh, I know you publish a magazine. Is that part of all that? Yeah, the online magazine, go to gritandgracelife.com and you'll find it there. And it is that assembly with all the categories that we address from motherhood to faith to purpose to work and money, you name it, we try to talk about it. Tell me about some of the stories you've heard from people, feedback you've gotten from people who look at what you do as just this tremendous act of of acceptance and kindness. Mm. I think it's almost funny because I don't see myself that way. You know, you you go through life thinking I'm, you know, you know your own faults and failures and shortcomings, but then you have other women who go, you've really encouraged me. You have mentored me. What you said made me feel good about myself. You know, I sit back and go, wow, all right, that that's pretty amazing. I am so thankful that you think that. And hopefully I really did. We'll get back to our conversation with Darlene in a moment, but first, today's Kindness Call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hi, my name is Jenny, and I'm from Janesville, Wisconsin. I am calling to tell about uh, some kindness that I witnessed this morning. Uh, I was getting into my van and noticed that I had low air pressure in my tires, so I drove to Quick Trip and was trying to figure out the air pump thing and I had filled up three of the four tires. I was working on the fourth one, and a man pulled up 
behind me in his truck to be next in line to fill his tires. And he got out of his car. He walked up to me and he's like, here, let me give you a hand. You can sit in your car where it's warm. Let me, let me help you out. And I, it was just so kind. And, uh, it just made me feel so good to see people out there wanting to just help for no reason, just wanting to be kind. So it made my day. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. Okay, so I'm going to go on another angle now. You left home at 18. You lived in a Christian commune. Then you ran a summer camp and conference center. Then you spent 20 years in the music music business. And you paraglided uh, with your two daughters. Um that's a lot of angles at life. That's a lot of stuff to smush into a life. And so how has your view on kindness changed over the years from younger you to now you? Mm. Uh, I think that I've been more comfortable with whatever comes my way where, you know, sometimes I think when you're younger, you feel like you should be a certain thing or act a certain way or do specific things. And I've discovered through my life journey that all of the things that were unpredictable became part of the fabric of who I am that made me everything I'm supposed to be today. So, you know, I think I would encourage every single woman to follow their own adventure, follow their own life road, whatever it may be. Your co-founder of the Grit and Grace Project is your husband. So let's talk about men for a little while, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I want to hit this from two different angles, one angle for the women and one angle from the men, for the men. So for, for the women, how do we love our men well? Mm, I think one of the biggest things that they need from us is to be their cheerleader, that they need uh, to believe that we believe in them. And even if they're doing some dumb things sometimes like we do, you know, they need to know that we've got their back. I think we bring the best out in the men that we love when they feel confident that we think they're pretty great. Mm-hmm. Is that the exact same thing we need to do for kids? It sounds like it would work for kids, or has it become more complicated with children? No, I actually think you're absolutely right, Nicole. I think that with our children, they need to feel the same thing. They need to feel, no matter what they've stepped in, that we still believe in them. We still think that they're great. And, you know, at the end of the day, they will become that. Mm -hmm. They'll rise to the challenge. Yep. So for the men listening... Can you give them the secret to women? What do what can men do to show kindness to women and to love women well? Mm, I think what my husband does well is sometimes pretends to listen, even if he's not, um, <laughs> because I love to inform him on absolutely everything that I'm thinking, feeling, wanting, dreaming, talking about. And, you know, for the most part, he stays engaged. And I think that's part of the the need of a woman is to feel like her man actually wants to listen to what she has to say. Without the ESPN app up on their phone or 
the game yeah. in the background. Yeah. yeah, at least a little focus time, you know, maybe just commercial breaks into the first, you know, quarter, give me that, and then you could watch the rest of the game. Yeah, my husband's a basketball coach, so I, I understand usually it's like work time. I need to just understand that him watching sports is, is part of what makes the foundation of our family able to go and grow, right? It's Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, also recognizing that that's part of their life, not expecting them to escape it, whether it's their profession or their passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before I let you go, will you share a favorite kindness story with me today? Anything that has happened um, in the past or just anything that sticks with you that you thought, now that was kindness. I know that you shared about your your daughter when when she was very ill. Um, Anything else that you want to share with us? Yeah, um, I think one was when my uh, eldest daughter was in college in Los Angeles, and we were living in Florida at the time. And she, you know, she got into a fender bender, which probably was an understatement for what happened. And I had the college professor call me and tell me the five people that had gone with her to emergency, that had taken her back to her dorm room, that were tending her. You know, because she was one that was prone to just, you know, bumping into something. And it was so amazing to me that the college president called me to assure me that my daughter was going to be okay. Wow, that is, that is. And it probably took, what, two minutes out of his day to do it? And yet it's stuck with you now enough to share it. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay, one more question I thought of before I let you go. Um, Based on your Raising Great Girls book, how do your daughters feel? What do they have to say about you writing this book? Actually, I do a podcast as well called The Grit and Grace Life, and we brought them in to tell us, which was kind of terrifying for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they they got to talk about what it was like growing up with me, the working mom, the working you know, everything I was and some of the great things that I did. And, you know, I talked, we talked about a couple of mom fails too, but what was amazing at the end of the conversation, they both said they completely supported what I did. They even were comfortable with me allowing or allowing me to put their lives in this book and that they believed in it because they believed now in their generation that their generation of moms needed as well. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you just mentioned that you had mom fails and that your grown daughters remember the mom fails that you had. And yet they they show you grace, right? For Absolutely. Yeah, they did. And in fact, I think we kind of laughed about some of them. But we also went, boy, we both learned a lot on that one, didn't we? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for the... The moms out there who are just saying, gosh, man, I wish I could get it together. You got it together, girl. You're okay. You've got this parenting thing, right? Absolutely. You bet. Thank you so much, Darlene, for talking with us today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you've been great. Thank you, Nicole. That was a conversation with Darlene Brock. You can visit Darlene Brock on Twitter or Instagram at DarleneBrock7 or visit her website, DarleneBrock.com. Her book is called Raising Great Girls, Help for Moms to Raise Confident, Capable Daughters, Perfection Not Required. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. 
If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section. 